There we go. All right, so we're uh, continuing. This is a good. This is good timing on this particular passage. Uh, we're in Acts chapter. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter eight. I don't know why I said Acts. We're still on the old outline that I gave out. Um, so uh, Acts or Second Corinthians eight. My brain is a little tired. I don't know. So we're in the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> The New Testament of His Blood. All right, so Second Corinthians, chapter eight, which is the the, the chapter on the the uh, Macedonian church is giving that the Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthians about. So let's uh, we prayed and we'll go ahead and jump into this. I'll probably pray after we read the text, but uh, we're going to be looking at verses uh, ten through twenty four tonight in particular. But by way of review, the first thing that we've seen is verses one through five. And we saw that uh, the Macedonians were a giving example. And uh, the Apostle Paul said in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded into the riches of their liberality, which means their grace and their giving. Uh, in the margin of an Oxford, it says simplicity. Um, for their power, but for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. And so that's the first five verses. We saw that, that uh, they were giving examples. They were Paul wanted them to be witnesses, and we spent some time talking about that and that how we need to look for evidence of giving grace. And, um, and so uh, we covered all those points. Um, and then the last thing was that look for the priority of God's giving grace in verse 5. And we need to have a giving heart like the Macedonians. That was the, the long and the short of that. Then we went on to verses uh, 6 through 9 where we talked about uh, we need to live for giving opportunities. That's where we left off last week. In verse 6, the text goes on to say, so much that we desired Titus that as he begun, so he would also finish in you the uh, same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utter, and knowledge and all diligence in your love to us see that you abound in this grace also so he wants them to give now not just see an example but be an example i speak uh, not by commandment but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love for ye know uh, the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be uh, rich and herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do but also to be forward a year ago. And so in verse 10, uh, and we didn't get to verse 10, we stopped at verse 9, uh, he's encouraging them to you know, be examples uh, of those that would take advantage of the giving opportunities. Um, we talked about God will use others to bring uh, giving opportunities, and giving opportunities should grow with us, and giving opportunities should reflect the sincerity of our love which is really what he wraps up with. And then in verse 9, I talked about how giving opportunities reflect the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, um, we just had a giving opportunity. I was just talking to the pastor. So, last, uh, the church gave $2,230 in the Christmas offering. So, praise the Lord for that. So, that will all go to the missionaries over and above what we already give them. So, that will be a little uh, blessing at Christmas. So they'll each probably get a little over $100, I'm guessing, out of that. So that'll be good. All right, so um, 
so here we are. It's after. Huh? We talking about all the supported and approved. Yeah, yeah, it goes to all of them. Yep. Yep. It is. It's again. They all. They. They really appreciate it. So. Um, so tonight, I want to take the the rest of this chapter and talk about, um, you know, our need to listen to giving advice. So, uh, keep your finger here, uh, and then go. Let's go to Psalms thirty-seven, uh, and verse twenty-five. Or I'm going to go there anyway, and I'm going to read uh, this passage first. And I think after Christmas, this is a good place to to start. Uh, let me get there. Psalms thirty-seven twenty-five. Here we go. It says, "I have been young, and now I am old. <clears throat> Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread." I think Ron, you brought that up, didn't you? A couple weeks last week, somebody did. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. This morning I talked about how the seed wasn't blessed for the people who uh, were disobeying him, but for the people that uh, love the Lord God, he his, their seed is blessed, and uh, the Lord is, takes care of his people. So um, that's kind of a good way to, to preface the rest of this, because really Paul's going to give some giving advice to the children or to the children of Israel to the church at Corinth, and he tells them in verse ten, and herein I give my advice, uh, for this is expedient for you. How uh, who have begun before not only to do but also to be forward a year ago, so they made a commitment, right? And they said we're going to give, you know, we're going to give to this this work, and they haven't done it. Now therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to the to that a man hath, and not according to the hath not. For I mean. Not that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by uh, an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, and their abundance also may be a supply for your want, and there, that there, be, uh, there may be equality. As it is written, he that hath gathered much and had nothing over, and he that had gathered little and had no lack. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. For indeed... He accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. And not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us um, with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that no man should blame us in the abundance which is administered by us, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. So there's accountability to this big gift that they're hauling around. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes, uh, uh, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence I have in you. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren be inquired of, they are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Wherefore, show ye, the, uh, show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. 
So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the words that we've read. Uh, Lord, they stand alone. They really don't need my um, encouragement. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, though, that you would use the time that we have uh, to help us just meditate deeply on what you've said to us. And, Lord, give it application in our hearts and our minds and our lives. I thank you in the time that we have. Pray in advance for our prayer time. And uh, pray, God, for this uh, meeting tonight that, Lord, you'd be glorified. We thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, so Paul gives you in this verse in verse ten uh, some giving advice, and his uh, his uh, advice is simply uh, on your outline. There's give expeditiously. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to? Yeah. And since then, we have not had anything. Wait a minute. That's chapter seven. There's a there's a chapter. There should be a chapter eight out there, unless they. Amy, did you have chapter eight? Yeah, I think chapter eight's it's been out there every week, out on the on the counter. It's in the it's over here on the. So, I thought we brought it in the last last couple of weeks. We. Oh. Sorry, Jimmy went out and fetched some a, few, a couple of times. I thought you were one of the people that he got one for. So, I'm sorry. Well, he's probably going to go get one. Hopefully, there's some left. I think I ran 20, so I think there's plenty. There should be some. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this will be the third week on that. He said something the first week when I didn't have it. I yeah. Said, well, I guess he just forgot to do them. <laughs> no, I put, I put it out there um, early. I did. I had it ready like on a Monday. Or Tuesday or something, so I just printed them and put them out there. Are they out there? Oh, I wonder if they threw them away. That's a bummer. Well, then you don't have an outline. Well, that's a bummer. Well, I have an outline. I had it printed. Now it's all gone. Do you have an outline, Amy? Okay. So, well, I have outlines for all these, for every chapter. So I uh, I put them out when we start, but I don't refresh them every week. So I'll have to... Well, I I did that so they would be there. I mean, they're out. They were out there, but they're not out there now because it's been three weeks. So they probably threw them away with all the shuffling of Christmas and everything. So, um, but uh, yeah, because I I put some stuff in the trash when I put those out there. But anyway, so so the third point that we're looking at then is well, that kind of stinks. So you don't have the outline. So uh, so we should give expeditiously. That's the point that Paul's making in verses ten through thirteen. So that means, what's it mean to give expeditiously? It actually means, yeah, well, it means to give now. He's like, it's time to give right now. Don't don't delay, because they've been delaying for a year. He's like, give right now. Now's the time to deliver on your promise. That's really what he's saying in verse 10. He says, uh, and herein I give my advice, for this is expedient. Uh, for you, so do it right away. Who have been, who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. So a year ago, you said you was going to do it um, with what you had, but nothing happened. So he's like, "Come on, guys, go ahead." And so now's the time to deliver on your promise. That's really what Paul's saying. Uh, so we, before we rush to support someone sacrificially, make sure that we're obedient to what we said we'd do, just obediently. And then that's what he goes on to say. He's, he says, uh, "For I mean, not that uh, verse. I'm sorry, verse." 12. He says, for if there be first a willing mind, it's accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So he's saying, I'm not asking you all to give sacrificially. I'm just saying, just deliver what you said you had. 
um, a year ago. So you've had over a year to give that what you said you had. So I'm not asking you to give more. I'm just asking you to give what you said you had. And so the tithing is is uh, is really like a starting point, right? So it'd be like saying uh, if you can't pay your bills, um, uh, don't don't invest and pay some. Don't invest to pay in someone else's mortgage, right? So you know you need help with your mortgage, and I can't pay my bills. Paul's saying, well, don't don't not pay your bills, so I can help someone else pay their bills. So he's he's saying, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to set aside what you have to help them, uh, and that's really what like tithing is. Tithing tithing is a starting point. So don't cheat God by shortcutting the tithe for the building fund, right? That's another thing that people do sometimes, is they they give to something sacrifice sacrificial instead of taking care of what needs to be in front of them and uh, and also don't cheat missionaries by making commitments that god hasn't blessed you with the grace to deliver on you know and uh, we don't do faith promise around here but a lot of churches do you know what that is where they say how much are you going to do this year and then they set aside so much in the budget um we just pray that god provides and we take a percentage of our budget and then whatever people give over and above that's what goes to missionaries on top of what we designate out of 11 or 12 percent of the budget and so um, that's one way to do it, but nonetheless, we don't want to we don't want to make a commitment and then uh, come up short on it. So we don't don't cheat missionaries. We're going to send you a hundred thousand dollars, and then we well, I'm sorry, we only had five. Right? You'd be better off just to not make a commitment rather than make a commitment and not come through on it. And so. Right, they're counting on that. So, yeah, that's what Paul's saying. I'm not asking you to, to give what you don't have. I'm just asking you to give what you said you had a year ago, right? So, uh, and so the mission the, here at Heartland, the mission board reviews the giving of the church quarterly uh, to ensure that we deliver consistent support to those we've committed our support to, prayerfully, financially, and physically. And uh, and so, uh, some people when they talk about giving, especially when you talk about tithing, they get uncomfortable because they say well, that's just an Old Testament principle. And it is. You don't see tithing in the New Testament. Uh, it is prior to the law, however. So it, uh, the first person that we see tithing was Abraham to Melchizedek before Moses ever uh, was around. So it is a it's a pre-law issue. Uh, and the whole point is is that God owns everything, and we should be leveraged. We sh- and and uh, we should leverage all resources we can to advance the kingdom of God. Really, that's that's the truth of the matter. And tithing is just an Old Testament principle, right? We should do better than that. But it's a, the way we teach it, it's a good place to start. And so a lot of times, though, I do know people, uh, I've had people in my office even tell me that, you know, well, Brian, there's no sense in tithing because the Bible tells us there's nothing in the New Testament that says a tithe. And so they don't look at it as a good place to start. They're like, I don't need to give anything. So they're kind of deadbeats, and they kind of sponge off everybody else. So that always irritates me. But anyway... I never, I really never noticed that until I became a pastor here, actually in Harrisonville. So when I was at the big church in Kansas City, I, I never paid attention to. I didn't care. I didn't know. I didn't care. I just did what I was supposed to do. And, but once I became a pastor, that when I really first noticed this, what I just was telling you about, is when people were kind of sponging. Is when we first started the church, and so the first, the first year or two, um, we grew. Well, we, we doubled every two years uh, in size. But our budget didn't always double every two years. So, uh, and I didn't ever think about it until it's somewhere in the first year. And I'm like, man, we got all these people, but our budget isn't going up. <laughs> so I realized the people that started the church were the ones that were carrying the church. And really, we were we were all putting in to help, which is okay. That's what you do. Uh, but it is interesting because I never really had that perspective before because I was never a pastor. I never really looked at it and saw I wasn't up that close and, and personal to it. But it really occurred to me there's a lot of people. Back then, we were paying me fifty, hundred, whatever it was, and um, 
and uh, that's with kids. And uh, I noticed, I'm like, wow, you know, our budget really isn't going anywhere, but yet we have a lot more people, you know. And so, so what that tells you is that there's some people that are given uh, to bless others, and there's other people that are being blessed, but they're not giving anything. So, uh, but praise the Lord, God works all that out in due time. So God expects uh, faith, not foolishness. Uh, so we don't want to allow our faith to be foolish. And that's really what Paul's saying in, in regard to giving expeditiously is give what you promise, but don't give crazy, like, uh, you know, things that you can't, you know, I'm not asking you to give what you don't have. And so, um, you know, if God gave you the resources to give a fat $10,000 offering to, you know, the building fund, uh, then don't run up a high interest credit card by faith. I actually heard a preacher say that one time we were, had a building project. It was a foolish thing on a Sunday night. He was preaching to the church and he's like, you know, I think you could trust God to even put on your credit card. I'm like, I'm sitting in the congregation going, what did you just say, pastor? That's terrible. So, uh, that's not what Paul's saying. Actually, he's not saying to do that. If God blesses us with a abundance, praise the Lord. And, uh, it's because he's merciful and he can trust you with it. And then you can use that as God directs it. So be a wise steward of God's resources. And that's really what Paul's saying is you guys had the resources. You promised the resources. I'm not asking you to promise to give resources. You haven't already promised. I'm just saying now's the time to give because, uh, I just, I just need you to know, we need to get this gift down to Jerusalem and we're waiting on what you promised. So God expects faith, not foolishness. And so we should give, we should not only give expeditiously, but then he goes on to talk about equity in verse 14. He says, but, but an equity, but an equality, uh, that now at this time, your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Now this is a communist dream in verse 14, uh, because it sounds like socialism and it kind of is when it comes to the body of Christ. So as it is written, he that hath gathered much had nothing over and he that had gathered little had no lack. So what Paul really is talking about here is truly kind of a concept of taking care of one another with some equity, which in the body of Christ is is absolutely fine. So God wants us to leverage our abundance for the lack of others, both near and far. And so uh, the poorest of Americans has much more to offer than an average you know person in two thirds of the world. I did. I looked at some stats. Uh, I was reading a book called "The Hole in the Gospel." So the poorest among Americans are like still in the ninety. I think it was the ninety fifth percentile of the richest people in the world. So, uh, so what that means is ninety five percent of the world is poor. If you make like it was like the the mark at this time the book was written was twenty five thousand dollars a year. So if you made twenty five thousand dollars a year, you're still uh, on the ninety. You're still richer than ninety five percent of the population of the world. And the richest people in the world, by the way, it, to this day, it's actually grown. Uh, they're in such a tiny percentage that most of the world's wealth is in a hand is in the hand of a few people. And so, uh, so there's a wealth disparity. Now, if you don't have the gospel, that can become a, a communist, you know, situation. So you got to be careful with that, uh, because you can't trust that kind of equity among human government. Uh, you got to trust the Lord. So God, that's what Paul's saying is God wants us to leverage our abundance for the lack of the, those that are poor. But we got to be careful not to do a social gospel. Uh, so we have, uh, you may have a talent or a treasure that your brother could use as well. And God gave uh, abundance so we could share it with others. It's not just about money, but that's one of the things. That's what Paul's talking about here in regard to the, the saints that they're in Jerusalem that need some help. 
And so what I like about this passage is he doesn't just say, you know, give equitably. Uh, and there's no central management group either. There's not a bishop. You know, Paul's not like, I'm the bishop of Europe, so I'm going to make sure you get this much and you get this much and let me have your building fund and let me look at your books. None of that's going on. They're responsible for their own local churches. But Paul is saying, you know, what we're, God gives you an abundance so you can share it with someone else and then and vice versa when you have a need. Uh, we are, we're actually, our insurance, uh, we do a, a medical share. That's kind of how that works. So we share our need. When someone has a need, we share every month with somebody. And then when we have a need, they share with us. And so up to whatever it is, two or $300,000 per occurrence. So that's kind of what Paul's talking about, is that kind of a, a charitable, equitable charity there. And so... In verse 16, the Bible says, But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care in your hearts for uh, of Titus for you. For indeed, he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother whose, pra- whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. And not only, and not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us. Uh, this grace was administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. So what's Paul talking about there? Well, he's, he's talking about the accountability that's been given. They've got a brother traveling with them that everybody knows and trusts. And uh, he says in verse 20, avoiding this, that no man should, be, should blame us in this abundance which is administered by us. He's like, we got a tight watch on the, what's being given. We have people uh, with accountability uh, providing uh, for honest things. Verse 21, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. So we're not just saying trust us because you can trust the Lord. But we're saying, hey, we got men that are keeping us all accountable. So everybody knows this is above board. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes provided diligent, who's, I'm sorry, proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you, whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, our, of our brethren, or our brethren be inquired of. They are messengers of the churches and glory of, the, of Christ. So he's given the credentials for the guys that are helping carry this offering. And so uh, there's accountability. So those who take up the offering should be proven and trustworthy. And that's really what you see in verses 16 through 19. Uh, here at HBF, that's, you know, people who take up the offering. Every offering that's taken up is taken up by at least two people. And, um, and the counting and the delivering of it to the bank is uh, with a third review. And then following that, on Monday at the bank, they go through an accounting system again and count it all. And then uh, we don't allow donations to just uh, any missionary or group who says we need help. We ensure that they're credible. And uh, and so uh, through their sending church and other like-minded brothers as well as knowing uh, their ministry personally. So we check check them out. So there's accountability both ways. Those who handle the money have the responsibility of providing an honest account before the Lord as well as men. And uh, that's what Paul's talking about in verses 20 through 23. So HBF uh, does all that by establishing policy and procedures recommended by an independent auditing firm every year. Uh, coming up at the end of the month of uh, January, you'll hear a... Here is a presentation by Gwen Arney, and um, and uh, he will talk about that. We have a, a CPA that audits our church to make sure we're doing things decently in order, and then uh, and then we have a reconciling of the of the uh, statement, the uh, checking every month by a, another separate party, which is Alicia Filer, and then semi-annual we have an internal audit of our accounting uh, records. Actually, that's not semi-annual. Now we're going to do an annual one, um, not just of accounting, but even our procedures. So this has grown, actually, a little bit here at HBF. 
And though um, I never see individual offerings, I'm accountable to God and the powers that be for the integrity of our financial accounting, right? So um, that's all, we're all accountable at length for what goes on with finances. But more importantly, more importantly than that actually is what goes on with discipleship and making uh, making disciples. And so in verses 22 and 23, uh, the saints in a collection, uh, the saints, I'm sorry, sent to collect the offerings were not neglected, but chosen and sent by the apostle. And so in verse 23, it says, Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you or our brethren be inquired of. They are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. And so these guys are messengers of the churches. So the men chose to take up the collection. The men that, I'm sorry, that were chosen to take up the collection were engaged uh, themselves in the accomplishing of the mission. So these weren't, uh, the one man isn't named, uh, but Titus is named and they all knew who Titus was. And then the last thing uh, that we see here is they gave publicly. He says, Wherefore, show ye to them and uh, before the churches and, pr- and the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. So Paul's saying, I've already went forward and said you guys were going to give, like, uh, like uh, Sharon was saying, they were expecting it. And uh, he's like, now you've got to show the proof of your love. Uh, individual offerings uh, should not be publicized by, but the evidence of our giving should be should not be secret. You know, people should know we're a giving church. So we must put our money where our mouth is, and uh, we can tell people that we love them all day. But we prove it when we give uh, to them uh, in prayerful, financial, and physical ways. And it's not just one. It's not. It's not just one way or another. It's it's really all. And the church at Corinth had resources to give, and especially in Corinth, this, this was an affluent. Uh, church if they had if they held on to them what they're sending a message is we're selfish and we don't care about the saints in jerusalem and that's really what paul was trying to get across is you know what you got to make sure that you give to these folks because they need it right now and then when you have a need they'll they'll give it to you because it's a mutual it's a mutual benefit and it glorifies the lord so so that's what paul's talking about second corinthians chapter eight and giving in obedience to God, uh, if when you give in obedience to God, God will bless you. And so I shared a testimony of, of how my discipler, um, you know, was a, he was such a good example for me in this area, and it really has helped me out. Um, <clears throat> so uh, anyway, um, there's a, I'll give you a tithing testimony. Many years ago, a lad of 16 was obliged to leave home because his father was too poor to support him any longer. So he trudged away with all his worldly possessions in a bundle dangling from his hand, resolving as he journeyed to set up his business as a soap maker in New York City. Well, that'd be tough. When the country boy arrived in the big city, he found it hard to get work. Remembering the last words of his mother and also the godly advice given him by the captain of the canal boat. The youth dedicated his life to God, determining to return to his maker an honest tithe of every dollar he earned. So when his first dollar came in, the young man uh, sacredly dedicated ten cents of it to the Lord. And he continued to do so, and the dollars rolled in. Soon this young man became a partner in the soap business, and when his partner died a few years later, he became the sole owner of, of the concern. The prosperous businessman now instructed his bookkeeper to open an account with the Lord and to credit it to the the tenth of the income. The business grew miraculously, and the honest proprietor now dedicated two-tenths of his earnings, and then three-tenths, and four-tenths, and finally five-tenths, and it seemed as if his sales increased in exact proportion to his generosity. So soon his brand of soap became a household word throughout the world. 
You guys know who it is? It is the late William Colgate. And with the, uh, this man, God so singly prospered in return his faithfulness to his maker. And so there used to be a lot of coming out of the, you know, Paul, uh, uh, Paul, Paul over here, uh, Ron over here, was just talking about the Philadelphian church age. There's a lot of those types of guys, J.C. Penney's and a lot of people who uh, did things like that, who gave back to the Lord uh, graciously. Could you imagine if Jeff Bezos was like that? Man, that'd be amazing. Or Bill Gates. Uh, and, uh, and so... Uh, that's that's amazing. So God blessed uh, the ministries, I'm sure, all over the, the planet. So so the three things that we covered, verses 1 through 5, look for giving examples. Uh, the second thing is look for giving opportunities. And then tonight we saw listen to giving advice. So Paul gave us some good giving advice. Uh, and so uh, that is what we talked about in that last passage. Any questions on that? All right. So... That's the giving message. So it's around Christmas time. It's a good time to have a giving message, isn't it? Because Jesus gave his life for us and uh, came to this earth, as we talked about uh, the other night, so on Thursday night. Did you guys have a good Christmas season? All right. That's good. When you think about when you think about all that Jesus did, man, isn't that amazing? That's uh, talk about giving out of uh, out of abundance. He's a he's a he is so good. That's the one cool thing about Christmas is it really helps us to reflect in on God's giving nature, and then the cross, and uh, how do how we hold back on Him? I just don't know, but we do sometimes, and we shouldn't. So I remember there was a song, and I think I already said this too, but uh, Ray Bolts used to sing a song. Sorry, he went off the rails, but uh, what if I give all I had? Have you ever heard that song? What would that gift do? Man, that is a good song. Uh, in the course, it says a, a gift like that could change the world. It could feed a multitude. And he's not just talking about with food. And so that's a good song. So I've gotten heads. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So let me turn this off.